One of the main financial concerns for people during the pandemic has been employment. Losing your job involuntarily is not a fun experience. And to make matters worse, you will lose the benefits associated with your employer as well. And the primary benefit people lose is employer-sponsored health insurance. In today's show, we're going to talk about what to do if you lose your health insurance during this pandemic. You are about to listen to an episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Each week, co-hosts Dan and Tony will explore topics about finance and retirement. It's fun, informative, and most of all useful to those who are interested in retiring successfully. Now, let's begin the show. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group alongside me today. Tony Shore, as usual. Jonah Faulkner is joining us again. Jonah is going to be helping us talk about losing health insurance during this pandemic. Before we get into that, Tony, have you had to use health insurance during this pandemic? Yes, actually multiple times. Uh, Not for myself, once for myself, but uh, a couple of times for my daughter as well. Anything bad? So health insurance has come in really handy uh, over the past few months for us because we have had a few incidents and illnesses, but uh, everybody's fine. Uh, No worries there, but health insurance is, uh, you know, we're looking at, are we going to hit our deductible? How much of this is going to be covered? And we're fortunate enough that my wife and I have kept our jobs during this time. So we still have employer sponsored health coverage right now. Well, you know that I've gone on rants in the past about health insurance. <laughs> we, yeah. We've had shows where <laughs> I've talked about $30,000 plus toward the health insurance right. in a year. Yep. So I'm going to take a back seat on this one and let Jonah drive because I'll drive us right off the cliff. I, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll turn this bus <laughs> right around. I'll turn us around but right now, say, young man. I will say a quick story. I don't have employee-sponsored health insurance. I, I buy it uh, direct from the carrier, from my family. Um, and just yesterday, (laughs) yes, well, you know, I've been doing, we've been doing really well. We've been doing well. And then my wife heard her back, but yesterday it was really like the thunder and lightning out. I get into the, to get home and we only, we have two car garage, but only one side can fit a car. The rest has got kids stuff in it. So (laughs) my wife stole, stole the, uh, the, the spot in the garage and I was running through the rain with my head down to get into the garage and one of my kids opened the the house door to the garage and saw the garage was open and wanted to shut it so that the rain wouldn't come in and I happened to be running at the same time and boom my head met the door as it was coming down and I was out on the floor I didn't get knocked out but I was down on the floor so I have a massive headache today as I'm talking oh that's not um, good you might have a minor concussion I definitely do but I'm debating whether or not it's worthy to go to the doctor because but, of your insurance. Yes, insurance. Right. The right. deductible is what is it? Twelve grand. So, oh. Tony, me over here. Tony, you know I'm going to go on a rant. Yeah. So let let's get let's let's talk. But um, I'm going to let Jonah lead the charge Sounds on that. Good. So let's talk about losing benefits. Now we're going to talk. I think maybe next show, Tony, we could talk about losing a 401k. Oh, obviously yeah. losing the job is 
you lose your salary, you lose your 401k match, you lose your life insurance, disability, but health insurance is a biggie. And that's what's happening right now. Wouldn't you say, Jonah, a lot of people are losing it? Uh, absolutely. Got some t- statistics here for you. So from March to May, uh, nearly 27 million lost their employer-sponsored coverage. And that is uh, much, much, much higher than what happened in 08, 09. Um, between February and March, 5.4 million lost their employer-sponsored coverage. So we have we have many more millions of people than normal wandering about without uh, without health coverage. Uh, I actually have some other interesting stats. So eight, eight states now have insured rate, uninsured rates of 20% or more, and that's that's pretty stark. So if you walk into you know McDonald's or whatever, there's 20 people in there. Four of those people uh, have no health insurance at all. Um, well, Tony prefers Wendy's, right? <laughs> A lot of people do. A lot of people do. My girlfriend actually prefers Wendy's. I think the president does too. Well, so a lot of people are unemployed. We know that. Yeah. And what happens when we lose? Uh, see, this is the problem I have with with employer sponsored health insurance. We've talked about this, Tony. I I think that people don't appreciate the costs associated with health insurance when their employer is footing the bill. No, they do not. Right. And, you know, when they lose their job, all of a sudden they get sticker shock. Right. I, I admit I'm in that category. I I complain about it, but it does still cost us. I mean, even if you have an employer-sponsored plan, uh, a lot of the plans have either become really costly or you don't get that much coverage. So uh, I have complained about that because my wife and I have had to pay a lot out of pocket this year because we don't have quite as good a coverage this year uh, through her employer. And my my employee-sponsored plan is even a little worse. So uh, we like to complain about it. But yeah, if you don't have any, uh, then you're really up, up a crick. And I know we've talked about that as well. But a lot of people don't realize how good they have it that their employer pays for some of it. So what do we do when you lose health coverage? What's your what? What are the options? Okay, so you're gonna get something in the mail. You're gonna get a COBRA form. It's it's uh, basically the option to extend your employer based coverage. And a lot of the sticker shock that people experience is definitely in relation to that COBRA premium. Um, it I forget what COBRA stands for. It's um, Consolidated Omnibus, Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act. Exactly. So uh, in that don't, piece of legislation. I, don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> in that piece of legislation, they basically allow for uh, laid off or uh, you know fired employees to continue their health insurance coverage, their, the coverage that they had before. The, the same plan, the same carrier, the same doctors. But what people realize is that their employer was paying for a significant portion of the premium and a, the COBRA premium is very often not affordable. Yeah. It's usually what, like they usually cover at least half. Right. Yeah. 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 Your, your employer, um, depending on the size of your employer, I, I believe that if they choose to offer it, they have to cover half. Does that sound right? Well, I mean, they, they don't they have to varies. do anything, but I think they have to offer this COBRA option. So if you lose your, and, and you can actually, you don't have to get fired. You can retire. I have clients that retire and the spouse gets to, to maintain some sort of coverage usually. Um, um, but then again, Cobra is really for those people that lose involuntarily coverage. That's the rules. Right. But 
Yeah, Tony, if you're paying $200 a month for your family and you lose your job, I'm going to guess that you're probably going to be closer to 800 a month for your family. Oh, at least, yeah. Because the company's ch- chipping in, right? Right. I've just... In, in terms of Cobra cobra uh, horror stories, I met a woman, she had rheumatoid arthritis, you know, very expensive prescription medication, and uh, she was trying to figure out whether she, or not she should stay with Cobra. Um, her Cobra premium was for her and her daughter, and her daughter was like 16, and she was maybe 55. Her Cobra premium was $1,300 a month, and that was, she was well off, but that was just something that she was just simply not willing to pay. Um, so what do you, what do you do in, what do you do in that circumstance? What is your alternative then? Your alternative is, uh, you, you, you have a special election period. Now you can go to the public marketplace. You involuntarily lost your health coverage because you, uh, you're no longer employed. Um, that would allow you to shop on the marketplace. If you, uh, have an income that's within 400% of the federal poverty limit, you'll get a subsidy. Uh, overwhelming majority of the people enrolled um, on those public plans, those public exchanges, 86% actually in 2018 um, received subsidies. If you receive subsidies, the average one is 491.53 a month, and that greatly reduces uh, what you're liable to pay in premium. So that that was actually the option that this one this woman and her daughter ended up selecting when. Uh, presented the choice, but that was because she had a definite need for the health coverage at that point in time. There was just, there was simply uh, no choice. Yes, she didn't have a choice. She had no choice. A lot of people feel that way. Then again, though, there are people that try and roll the dice a little bit. I think that's something interesting going back to Cobra that Cobra allows for. People don't understand what Cobra means. They think, you know, they think it's some sort of it's some sort of government health insurance when it's really just a law that extends coverage, your existing coverage. You have to pay 100% or is it 102%, right? Is the bill, the the company can charge an extra 2% fee to administer it for you. But here's an interesting thought, and I think the rules change on this, but when you lose your job and you qualify for COBRA, it's, it's retroactive, meaning you can go a full 60 days of not having coverage after you leave your employer and then say, you know what, I do want to elect to keep my employer coverage and it goes back 60 days. So meaning you uh, have a fall, you need the coverage, you can uh, in this specific instance say, I should have had insurance, let me get it now. But uh, I can't think I can't think of one other instance in which that would be the case where you can get it after you need it. No, that would totally defeat the purpose of having insurance. Right. Insurance companies would not tolerate that because um, everyone would do that. That's what people would do. But that's the thing that people were afraid of with the Affordable Care Act is people wouldn't get yeah, insurance yeah, until yeah. after they needed it. Right. And then they just drop it and then they would drop it. Right. But now they change the rules to make sure you can only enroll during certain points. But like you mentioned, Jonah, you have a, a SEP, a special right. enrollment period. Right, right. If you lose, if you lose coverage through no fault of your own, uh, even if you're on, um, you know, an employer-sponsored Medicare plan, you are still in, 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 eligible for that special election period to enroll. But what's interesting, I want, I keep going back to this Cobra thing because I think people don't realize. Tony, let's say you fought, you got fired, you're fired. <laughs> okay. All right. I love firing oh, Tony. Yeah. And then. Um, 
and you lose your coverage, right? So you're, you're, you and your wife are talking about how to get coverage for the kids and yourself. You're getting nervous. It's $1,200 a month and you're used to paying 200. So now you're panicked. And then all of a sudden what happens? A tree in your neighborhood falls <laughs> and blocks the street. True right? story. True story. And you have to get out there with the, with the, what did you have a chainsaw? Yeah. You didn't have the chainsaw. You were just a workhorse. Yeah, I was. I was helping clear the the sod portions of the tree. Yeah, and then you lift something and you and you injure yourself. Yeah. Let's imagine the that it got worse a little bit. Let's imagine. Ooh, ooh. Let's imagine you were holding the tree and some one of your neighbors had the chainsaw and cut your arm, and you had no choice but to go immediately to the hospital. And now on the way to the hospital, you might be thinking. I hope my keep my arm, but your wife might be saying, "Well, how much is this going to cost?" Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow, wow, uh, you, you're you very my close story to with the my truth, uh, right? With my son, I know you, Tony. I know, I know your family. So I, just, I had the same thoughts when they asked me which hospital to send my son to. Um, the ambulance with their with his bone sticking out of his his arm. Oh. I just said whatever's closest. Yeah. And then once he's in the car, and you know, a few minutes pass, I'm like. I hope that's covered on insurance. <laughs> so, so in your case, Tony, you you hadn't elected Cobra yet. But as Jonah just pointed out, you can go back and say, you know what, I want to elect Cobra, and you'll retroactively pay the premiums that you would have paid, but you'll gladly pay that twelve hundred dollars now. Yeah, in hopes because you don't want to get stuck with a thirty thousand dollar exactly. bill. Exactly. And so Cobra recently changed the rules, and what's the new rule on that? So this is essentially uh, a golden ticket. So the rules just changed due to the coronavirus. So you are now allowed to enroll in COBRA up to 120 days after the coronavirus national emergency is over. Uh, if you're still here uh, uh, kicking in America, we are still definitely in the midst of the coronavirus and the national emergency is not over. So you have an indefinite amount of time to elect COBRA, which means that you can kick the can down the road uh, as long as you well please. Um, but uh, say you do that and you need it, I don't know, six months down the road, you are liable for the, the back premium every single month of back premium. Um, which, so you can roll the dice. Yeah, 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 exactly. If, if you had an employer-sponsored health coverage and you lost it. Oh, I think that's... I don't know so what you to have think to of pay that. I think... back premiums, though. Correct. Correct. So if I wait so... six months, thinking, well, if something happens, then I'll just kick it in. Uh, I'll still have to go back and pay all my premiums for that time period. Correct. Oh, oh yeah. that's that's not a good deal. Well, I mean, it... <laughs> it depends. It depends what you're in the hospital that's for. True. So let me that's just true. real real life example. My mom. Um, didn't know that her her she had an aneurysm and her brain was hemorrhaging. So she went about her week for literally the better part of an entire week, driving the kids to school, shopping, cooking, you know, whatever. But, you know, towards the tail end of the week, she just, it was, the pain was so immense that she would just isolate herself in a room. And she went to uh, like a naturopath who told her to go to a regular doctor. The regular doctor said like, you need to go to the hospital now. She went to the hospital. Basically she had a brain aneurysm and um, the the surgery that, that is done to fill the, you know, the burst aneurysm in the brain is just incredibly complex. They put this little tiny itty bitty titanium wire 
up through your femoral artery and your leg and they put that up into your brain and then coil it around to like fix it. Anyway, I was very curious because I was like, I think my mom's gonna die. I really hope that they do this. And then in like, you know, sort of in the same vein that you guys were talking about, I was like, how much is this gonna cost? Um, but yeah, that, that procedure I believe is $80,000. So if you don't have some sort of max out of pocket, uh, cap, you, you, you that's a lot of money. And wow. she actually, yeah. the first one, the first one didn't work. So she went back for kind of, kind of recently and she got another one done. Did so that were a discount on the second go around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if I were a hospital, I would offer discounts if I, if I, if you needed the same procedure and I've already given you that procedure, I would feel a bit of responsibility for its failure. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if they'll do that. Yeah. Uh, now you, that's, that's a tough you personally, one. Jonah. And, and yeah, I, would, yeah, I would be the same way, but uh, yeah. Businesses well, don't often uh, operate that way. No, they can't. They can't. You know, um, so to answer your question, Tony, or to comment on that further, yeah, going back, back pay, it's going to depend on what your payments are. Well, that's are, true, actually. Right? You're right. I mean, it's better because you would have had to pay that, and then if nothing happens, uh, you've saved all that money. And so yes. I, I guess it is maybe worth the risk, depending on how big the bill is uh, when you do need it. I don't like it. I don't like this 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 plan. I don't think it's a good idea. I mean, obviously, looking at the numbers, it makes sense to roll the dice. So if I'm advising a client, I'd say, let's consider it. But I think a better option is just to go and get health insurance. Yeah. Legitimate, bona fide one. Yeah. Uh, just speaking from my own personal experience, it's just in a dollar and cents perspective, it is very, 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 very difficult to... Um, forgive the double negative, but it's very difficult to not find something better than what you're offered through Cobra. Um, it, de it depends which employer you're with. You know, if you're with like Verizon or a huge tech firm or whatever, the insurance that you're going to be offered is probably swell and it's probably not uh, equivalent. Equivalent is not available on the public market, but for uh, most of the people that I run into, Cobra is, uh, it's a no brainer to not take it. Well, the other issue is you can get that subsidy, like you mentioned. Right. And usually if you're losing a job, your employment income's down. Correct. So correct, you're going to have to project future income as lower. Correct. So you might qualify for a subsidy based on the fact that you may not have qualified for a subsidy with the employer. So that's something that I don't think very many uh, health agents are as familiar with as they should be. Um, but... Charting, charting someone, char accurately anticipating and estimating someone's income is of, of, of the utmost importance, um, especially when someone is expecting a tax return at the end of the year and they find out their advanced premium tax credit, you know, ate all of that up because they misstated their income and they have to pay it back. Um, if I... I is that over anyone's head or does that? No, it's you, income planning is huge. And I think if people are without employer coverage or they're thinking about COBRA and the expense, looking at the Affordable Care Act and the policies that are available are worth it. Even those that say they can't qualify for a subsidy, it's not based on your assets. It's right. based on your income, right, which right, people right. don't realize. Exactly. No. So it is absolutely 100% based on your income. And I've run into people who have structured their income specifically to qualify for the best plan. So 
in the Affordable Care Act market, you get a subsidy if your income is low enough. It has nothing to do with your assets, like Jan just said. However, um, once it's down um, between 138% of the federal poverty limit and I think 200%, um, you get what's called cost-sharing reductions, which basically tell um, the plan that they can't have an $8,000 deductible. The max is 500, the max is 250, the max is zero. Um, and then the same thing goes for the max out of pocket, that they're way reduced. So you're only liable for 94, I mean, 6% of the cost, 13% of the cost, 26% of the cost. Um, there are some significant benefits when you have lower. Correct, income. correct. But I think people even qualify for, I mean, I have clients that are in their 60s that retire and they're nervous. They're not, they can't get Medicare, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. They yep, don't yep. qualify for Medicare until 65. And so they're in that window of, well, what do I do? And they are surprised they get, um, they get a subsidy. In fact, I think the rate, you're looking at like 60 grand for a couple. If you're below that in income for the year, you're going to get a subsidy, which is amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, People always think the subsidies are for the destitute, but they're really not. Yeah, no. So... What's actually kind of crazy is that I've I've had I've had a few uh, clients of mine who are so destitute they actually don't qualify for it. So uh, to to think that this is for lower income people, like especially or even exclusively, is just dead wrong. Um, I would say that this is for uh, lower middle uh, lower middle income, not especially like if you are poor, 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 poor. They're especially in Florida. They're just going to say you make too little money, um, which is crazy if you think about. But yeah, it's, 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 it, but I would say middle class, middle class Americans can really benefit from subsidy, and they don't realize it. Correct, but there are just so that people aren't you know blindsided. There are people who would consider themselves um, middle income, and because the uh, tax credit, the premium subsidy goes off of your gross income. If you're making a lot and you're spending a lot, they are going to consider you, you know, well off and they're not going to provide you one. So if, if you know what Dan was saying about the 60 grand with the couple. So if you're making like a hundred, they're, they're not going to offer you anything and the premiums are going to be pretty high. Um, you know, probably comparable to Cobra. Um, without a subsidy, but with a subsidy, there's no comparison. Well, I could just hear Tony now saying, well, I'm not going to go on some government health insurance. <laughs> I'm not going on the Affordable Care Act, you know, but that's, I that's also, I would uh, never say that. I, but it's a misnomer though. It's not government health insurance. It's a government subsidy yeah, for private exactly. health insurance. So you don't have to go on like the government plan. You have to go on a government approved plan and there's plenty of those around. Speaking True. of um, the Affordable Care Act and, and, you know, government regulation and whatnot. I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that plans, health plans that are governed by the Affordable Care Act are much more friendly to you. So say you're paying however much you're paying, $1,000 a month in premium. If the insurer uh, fails to use uh, 80, what is it, 85% of their income on uh, patient care. So they can't spend it on marketing, they can't spend it on broker commissions, they can't spend it on Salaries. share buybacks, they can't spend it on pensions, they can't spend it on anything but patient care. If they don't, they are obligated by federal law to send you a check in the mail for the difference. That is something that I think a lot of people are not aware of and I think that because of that, 
these plans have uh, their hands tied, so to speak. Like they they could really want to, you know, practice malfeasance and and not pay claims and whatnot and direct their money elsewhere to make more of a return. But if they don't abide by the strict regulation in the, in, in the, uh, the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, they can't offer their plan on the marketplace. So I've actually gotten one of those checks back before. Before we wrap it up, I want to bring up just a th- another thought. You know, if you don't have insurance in Florida, you don't get fined. It used to have a penalty, but California, Massachusetts, New Jersey, they all have penalties still. So if you don't have insurance, you got to get it. But what's the other alternative? I mean, what else can we do, Jonah? If, if Cobra is too expensive, I don't qualify for subsidy or I don't want that. And I maybe I just have, maybe I'm going to a new job and I'm going to get that in a couple of months. What do I do then? Okay, so I'm going to answer the question that you asked uh, at the end first. So say you're, you have a job, your job, um, you know, you're beginning your job shortly, a month, two months, three months, whatever. Um, you can get a plan specifically for that very short period of time. You can enroll in it immediately. Uh, those plans are called short-term health plans. They are intended to be used for short-term uh, health insurance needs, but they are often uh, not sold as such. They're they're sold as an alternative to the Affordable Care Act and an alternative to COBRA, um, and they're much, much, much less expensive. However, if you have a pre-existing condition, that's not covered. Um, with some carriers, if you have a pre-existing condition, not only is it not covered, you are ineligible for coverage. Um, that's that's something that would not happen on the Affordable Care Act. So they can't deny anyone because they have a pre-existing condition. A short-term medical plan can and is happy to. Um, given that, the the premiums on average, I would say, are half as cheap, if not more so, um, for, for comparable deductibles and max out-of-pocket limits. So if someone that says they don't want to take the Cobra gamble... Mm-hmm. They want to have coverage, but they don't want to pay full price because they're thinking they're going to get a new job in three months. Right. A short-term health plan might be good unless they have a pre-existing condition, in which case they should probably go to COBRA. Correct. So I would I would be hard-pressed to find a reason to um, enroll someone in a short-term health plan if they had a pre-existing condition. I mean, it, it sort of depends on what it is. So if you have a pre-existing condition um, and they'll accept you for all other causes, everything else occurring after that point, ex- ex- specifically excluding your pre-existing condition, that I'm a bit more friendly with. Um, especially if it's like, you know, allergies and you just take like Zyrtec or whatever and, you know, that's not much of a cost. But if you have something like rheumatoid arthritis, your drugs aren't going to be covered. Your specialist visits aren't going to be covered. Anything relating to the condition you already have, it's not going to be covered. Well, I think uh, I think there's plenty of options out there. One of the scary parts for people of losing their job is all the other benefits. We'll talk about some other benefits they lose maybe next week. But for the most part, um, health insurance is the primary benefit people are concerned about. So they do have some options. There are some rule changes. It can be confusing. I'm going to sum it up by saying a few things. One, um, I think we should decouple health insurance from employer plans so we don't have to deal with this nonsense. Agreed. It would you know, maybe open the eyes of the country as to how much it's truly costing us. Um, but two... If you are in a situation, there are options. Don't panic, as Tony always says. Uh, 
you know, you can get Cobra, you can go short term, you can go on the health insurance exchanges. And last but not least, um, don't try and shop this on your own. It's just, you know, I get people coming to me all the time complaining about different costs of healthcare and something like that. You don't want to be, you don't want to make a, a purchase like this without really looking at all the options and understanding them. Don't just grab Cobra because it's easiest. You might save a ton of money by shopping around. So it's worth talking to somebody and someone like Jonah who's been doing this. They can give you a call, give the options. And the beautiful part is being looking out for our client's best interest. It makes our job a lot easier because we do the right thing every time. And because there's so many new options out there, the client's going to eventually find something that works best for them. They're not going to be forced into something like they used to be in the past. Right. And I think I want to make the the distinction for our listeners out there, what you just said, uh, what you're saying is uh, you and Jonah are independent. You're not beholden to one company. You're not just going to sell uh, uh, or try to recommend a certain company's product uh, to our listeners or to your clients or one that makes you the biggest commission. You're going to look at their situation and look at all the options and say, this is the one that best fits your needs, regardless Correct. of what company that is or, or, you know, what it means for you. That's what you do. And that's what you're all about is just helping the clients uh, find the best situation financially for them. And I think that's really a key point that a lot of people out there just don't understand. Not all so-called financial professionals are created equal. Some just sell insurance and are going to sell you whatever the biggest commission is they can get. Some people uh, just want to invest your money in the market, uh, and they and they you know they don't care about everything else. You know your health care, your social security, your you know all tax liabilities. Uh, so really, you need somebody that's going to look at all this. And uh, Dan, I know that's what you do, and I know Jonah uh, specializes in things like. Uh, healthcare and health insurance to help people. I think that's fantastic. Uh, and um, to take it even a step further, Tony, we'll work with people and talk about Cobra. We don't, we don't sell these plans necessarily. We don't. So if, if the answer is you to stick with what you have or go with a, a, a different company and you want to go and you have a sister that's an insurance agent, that is perfectly fine with us. We're here to make sure you're making the right decision. How you go and implement the decision, that's completely up to you. We're not compensated by just um, selling these products. We're compensated by giving advice. And so we offer holistic planning. That's where we start. And we do a lot of things. But yeah, this is something that people just don't realize. It's it's good to get that outside opinion a lot of times. In that same vein, I just very recently uh, just... It, to further drive home the point, it doesn't need to be driven home, but just for my own sake, it makes me feel good. I had a referral come in. It was from a doctor who I'd never met in uh, Tampa, which is, you know, local to us here in Clearwater. And I was thrilled. It was over the moon. The referral was a doctor and the doctor was looking for um, a different plan because her, his, his daughter was offered coverage that he thought was kind of not so good. Um, you know, I spoke with him for about 30 minutes, um, told him, you know, what to expect in the marketplace, given her income and her, her tax household size. And I, I basically cut through, um, all of, all of, um, 
the noise. Yeah, I cut through all of the noise for him and basically allowed him to make the decision um, with his daughter that the one of the two plans that they were offered through their employer that they thought coming into it weren't good and that there must be better ones out there. It, I, I told him like straight up, no, like there's you have a specialist copay, you have a doctor copay, you may have a large deductible, but those the deductible doesn't come into play with with this um, specialist and this um, doctor, which is not something that would be available on the on the marketplace. If you if you go to the marketplace, your doctor's visit subject to the deductible, your specialist visit subject to the deductible, unless it's preventative. Um, anyway, so I was just I I I, I treasure um, the ability um, to just be a trusted resource for people and to like help them understand you know how to make the best decision. I I just really enjoy That's that. That's awesome. Well, thanks for that, Jonah. And Dan, before we go, is there anything else you want to add? Yeah, the easiest way to get in touch with us, go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com or um, give us a call, 888-508-5935. If you want to talk to Jonah about this, he's extension 8. So again, that's 888-508-5935. Tony, thanks for having a good show with us today, and hopefully your shoulder feels better. Yeah, I feel better, Tony. All right. Thanks, guys. And that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. The topics on this show are wide ranging, yet relevant to people approaching or living in retirement like me. If there is a topic you want to hear on the show, head to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and contact Dan to request your topic or to share your opinion. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.